Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. In today's show, we cover the five biggest news stories from the world of Formula One, including freshly released regulations for next year and 2026, updates about next year's Aussie GP, latest updates on the Piasco, Formula E crowns a new world champion, and somehow still talking about Abu Dhabi 2021. Goodman, and you're listening to the fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is Roy Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Birds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Dawn King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofty. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Every Wednesday, we update you on everything you need to know from the world of F1. The show is brought to you by the news team at Formula Nerds. Keep up to date with all the latest news by visiting our website at formulanerds.com. So we're still battling our way through the summer break, but at least it's not as hot as last week. In fact, it's pretty crazy thunder and lightning in Paris right now, so uh, you might be able to hear that in the background. We've got the same panel as last week. Uh, first to Sam. How are you, pal? I am all good, James. I'm all good. Happy Wednesday. How are you doing? Happy Wednesday to you too. I'm all right, thanks. Uh, we have probably the world's most reliable podcast panelist, Abby. How's it going? It's going well. I'm really glad that the weather started to cool down because I don't have to worry about getting really hot without a fan or a window open when we're recording a podcast, so it's yeah. all good. Little peek behind the curtain there for the listener. It's It's been horrible. Uh, and yeah, finally we have James, and I'll still ask how you are, but... You also have our first bit of news, so do feel free to crack straight on with that. I'm very well, thank you. Can I say happy Wednesday? I would also say happy hump day. Can I say that on a podcast? Happy hump day, because technically you're over the hump, or no? It's definitely a well enough known thing that you're not. We're not going to get cancelled for it. Now you've oh, made good. it, inappro- James. You've now you've made it inappropriate. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't my intention at all. I promise. He says with a cheeky smile. Moving on. Right. Okay. Oh. <laughs> So the first one, the first piece of news we have today uh, is the 2026 regulations have uh, been announced at long last. So we have some uh, some new uh, regulations to, to grapple with. The first part of it is I'm actually quite excited by the engines themselves. The engines will now have 1,000 horsepower. We've got an increase in electrical power. We've got triple the amount of power for the MG UK and the, and the lovely MGUH, which generates the heat and to put it back into the engine, very complicated, has at last been removed, which is fantastic news at long last. We don't have to try and explain ourselves to people when we're trying to watch Formula One. Uh, from the fuel side, it'll run entirely on sustainable fuel. Uh, we're going to have carbon neutral, a carbon neutral circle used, so it's equal to emissions. No carbon dioxide released, and also it's the same fuel you can use in car engines, which again is making it really road relevant. So before we move on to the from some more technical regulations, just quite keen to what you guys think about these initial uh, this initial news from from Formula One. I think it's good news, uh, you know. <laughs> There's been a drive to make Formula One and motorsport generally more road relevant, as you say, James. So, 
it's good that they've kind of, you know, got away from some of those aspects that aren't and have added more, you know, sustainable fuels, you know, road relevant technology, um, which, you know, kind of really is important for the environmental credentials of the sport. So yeah, that's 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 great from my perspective. And yeah, you know, more horsepower, more fun, really. Um a bit of an an odd sentence, but yeah, let's roll with it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm pleased about that as well. Yeah, much the same as Sam. Obviously, more horsepower, it'll be a lot more enjoyable, hopefully. And with the sustainability aspect, it is good to see that Formula One have taken the steps to become like zero carbon and that. So it is good to see. And with the road relevance, having it being you, the same fuel being able to be used in road cars, hopefully it will kind of bridge the gap between the two and just help sustainability as a whole within the motorsport industry. Yeah, it's also probably going to help convince Porsche and Audi to, to get on board, isn't it? The road relevance, which I'm sure leads James into where he was probably going next anyway. Almost where I was going. <laughs> so Almost, we still have... Well, the, sorry. Yeah, we... <laughs> so I mean, we still have, there's still a couple more pieces of tech on regulation. I'm actually quite disappointed. I thought all three of you were going to say more horsepower, more fun. I thought we could turn that into a phrase. I feel like it should be something that should be said. Make but... it a hashtag if you want. We can make a hashtag yeah, on the site. Never mind. We'll do it. More horsepower, more fun. But the other aspect as well is uh, there's some more work on po- uh, porpoising that's gone in. Now, without going too technical, less bouncy, bouncy horses, or fewer bouncy, bouncy horses. No, fewer. Great. More, less bouncy horses. I would say so, Sam, yeah. (laughs) Less bouncy, bouncy horses. So what they're going to do is, I'm not going to get massively technical because that's going to turn everybody off, but they're going to raise the floor edges by 15 millimetres. They're going to increase the diffuser throat height, uh, but they're going to make sure it's done in a way that you can't, it's not going to impact the design of the mechanical components. So design freedom still remains. They're going to increase the stiffness of the diffuser edge. They're going to put a a much more sensitive sensor on the car that will detect porpoising so the FI can act quicker. Um, And then after the really horrific accident, um in 2022 with Grand Nigeria being launched upside down and going across the track 100 what 150 miles an hour they've done some work on the roll hoop to make that and to, to give it a lot more str- um they're going to strengthen that a lot a lot more um I'm not going to go into the, a huge amount of details but they're going to make sure that a driver if he does find himself like that can be a bit more comfortable if that's even a thing um but, but quickly before we move on what do be what do you guys make of those particular regulations before we hit on to the, the next part I mean most of it sounds like a necessity right you can't have a roll hoop that doesn't protect the driver's head. And actually, when you look at old photos of some cars, you do kind of, and they used to be larger. And obviously, the halo has kind of made them a little bit less completely essential. Again, brilliant sentences from me, as always. Uh, apologies. More or less essential. Yeah. 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 Good definition. Yeah. Good definition. Nice. I mean, that's a reference to something that hopefully is going to get cut. So, uh, <laughs> you just confused the viewer there, James. No, uh, no I just enjoyed it. Stays in. <laughs> okay, I'm not fair. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's important, but yeah, if you look at some of the old cars, they used to be high, but there are some where actually you look at the, the helmet and it's above the roll hoop, which is nuts because if that crash had happened, you know, thirty, forty years ago, it would have been dreadful. So, yeah more essential changes the sport has for a long time been going in the direction needs to from a safety point of view and I've gone on for far too long about a very simple point I think you're right though I mean that's it 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 all seems sensible if nothing else these all kind of felt like things that needed to happen and they found a pretty decent middle ground between all the the posturing between you know those who are obviously flourishing in these new regulations and those who are struggling and 
I think it, it feels about right. We'll see. Yep. So in, uh, yeah, indeed, James. So uh, we find F1 Alley. Finally, F1, I can't pronounce that. We finally have an announcement from Porsche. It looks like they're going to be coming in. They've trademarked uh, the term F1 Alley or F1 Alley. What do we think that? Do we even know what the, how you pronounce that, guys? I really I mean, don't know how to finally. say that sentence. It's just finally. finally. A, just finally. Okay. <laughs> but effectively, it's, it, that term is now trademarked, and we think that is for, that covers just about everything you can do. So, if we want to make family, if you want to make memorabilia, if you want to use it um, in official communications, what do we think? Do we think an announcement is incoming? I mean, I keep checking my phone to see if the news is coming out now because if you think Porsche have just done that, surely an announcement with Red Bull can't be far off. Surely. I mean, it'd be a bit weird if it now didn't follow an announcement they're entering at least some form of partnership with one of the teams, you know, obviously touted that it'll be Red Bull. But is there scope for them to, you know, them or Audi, you know, are we dead certain that, that, that it's going to be a partnership with a, an existing marquee or are they going to go alone? For me, that's the bigger question now. Yeah, well, I think with Porsche, there was speculation that they would, like, buy or own 50% of Red Bull. But after... They've got this trademark and obviously the regulations, as we've just discussed, have been agreed for next year. Surely, I think the announcement of them joining F1 in any such capacity is imminent. So hopefully it'll be soon because I feel like this Porsche Audi thing has been like dragging on for so long. So hopefully there is an announcement soon. Yeah, it was supposed to be Austria, wasn't it? That was going to be the rumour because obviously it's the home race and then it just never quite happened. Uh, I mean, I would love it to be just Porsche on their own to get another another team on the grid uh, and establish one. Obviously, Toto, amongst other people, has been kind of pushing for that whilst saying that he doesn't really fancy Andretti for for whatever reason. As fans, I think we all just want more teams. If I think, yeah, if we get thirteen again, that would be great. But it does feel way more likely that it's going to be a fifty fifty partnership with Red Bull. But you know, that's that's also fun. It'd be interesting to see. The one thing I'm interested about that is obviously it looked like Honda were kind of coming back into like more officially into the sport again, into their involvement with Red Bull. So what's going to happen there? Yeah, that's, a, you know what? That's a really good point, James. Um, Thanks, me. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, moving on. So the last bit of news I have uh, is regarding Christian Horner. So he has uh, officially announced that he's announced today that he thinks that the calendar is getting a bit too much. Oh, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So he's announced that he thinks the calendar is getting a bit too much and that perhaps we need to think about uh, the races that we're adding. Uh, one point I will agree with him on, which is rare for me to agree with Christian Horner, but he has talked, but one thing he has talked about is uh, he, he stated the new races are important, but we need to think very carefully about uh, how to shorten the Grand Prix weekends. He wants China's coming back, but we're currently on quote. We're on the limits of what teams can cope with. So he said China's coming back. It's such an important market. And I think they're working hard to make the weekend shorter and option operationally more bearable for teams and the traveling staff. It's going to need a combination, but it's right on the limit. Yeah, I think I don't like agreeing with Horner either that much, but I do agree with him on this aspect. I know 24 races, that is a huge number. And I think, like Sergio Perez has said before, that if the calendar exceeded 23 races, he would look at leaving because he has a family and it's just not 
like plausible or logical for him to spend that much time away from home and obviously traveling between all the different continents i think with las vegas potentially being the penultimate race before abu dhabi logistically that's going to be a nightmare but i do agree with horner hopefully they can kind of figure out a way to make it better for people you know that meme uh the you know the worst person you know has just made a really good point it's a little bit like that uh no i'm joking horner is completely right he's absolutely right and the the calendar is way too crowded logistically it's really 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 difficult and here is my fun fact of the day and this blew my mind when i found it out um so someone that i know knows someone who works for one of the teams and they are, I think, like a performance engineer, or they do something kind of sciency and you know clever um, for the team. But also, they're a member of the pit crew. They change one of the tires, and that I always assumed that the pit crew was like that's your job. Every weekend, you take off one tire a couple of times over the you know over the race distance. But no, they actually have full other jobs for the team as well. It's just something they do as an added kind of... James, are you, are you going to now tell me that you knew this all along? Well, yeah, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, I think they, they tried, like, the whole... Basically, everyone who is, uh, like, a trackside member of the team out and find the best members at changing tyres. I think anyone has a shot at it, because obviously, just as... How do you find out you're a good tyre changer? But yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. And when you said... Something sciency. I thought you said sciency, like Carlos, like someone who uh, well rubs his feet or something. But, uh, but we'll we'll leave it there. Rubs uh, his we'll feet. Have a... <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I'm sure there's someone who does that. Is you know feet are very important in driving. But when I found it out, I was just instantly jealous. I was like, imagine being able to have you know, imagine having brains and brawn. Uh, yes, that was very much intended. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm well jealous of that guy. I think that's a good point now to cut to the break. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's have a word from our sponsors. Give Sam a, a minute to think about what he's just done and James a minute to breathe, having done the entire I, first I'm, half of the show. <laughs> I'm now sweating. You and me both. <laughs> well, our third piece of news actually has three different sections to it. It has news about the Piastri situation with Pato Awards comments and then some comments from Lando Norris and also from Alpine and Alonso. So let's start with Pato Award. He has come out as being reported to say that when he saw what happened with Alpine and Piastri and McLaren, he laughed and he thought the whole situation was pretty laughable and that with McLaren, yes, being part of the team, in F1 is his ultimate dream, but it's very far away because Zach Brown has dangled the same idea in front of loads of different drivers that they can get an F1 seat. But the reality is there is only one, there isn't five. What do you guys think about his reaction to this whole fiasco and his comments about Brown? Well, I guess IndyCar, it feels a little bit more casual and you're able to it's not quite as in that kind of really intense kind of spotlight there if one is in some ways, especially in Europe. So was it Pato Award who also kind of, was it, I don't know if it was in the same comment, but someone I read, uh, so basically who hasn't Zach Brown 
kind of offered an F1 drive to. Like, you know, it's a bit of a, it's become a bit of a running joke in IndyCar now, uh, which surely is doing the McLaren brand, brand uh, some, you know, some damage, especially for one of their drivers to come out and be like, yeah, come on, this is ridiculous now. Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty damning for McLaren, but hopefully it will shame them into conducting themselves properly, I guess, if that's not too harsh. Not at all. I completely agree with you. I don't. I think McLaren have covered themselves in glory at all with this, and to have a driver laugh, you know, effectively laughing in public in the in the press, saying what my own organisation is doing is ridiculous. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a bit like uh, calling out your boss at a huge team meeting and then not expecting to be fired. Um, Pato Award is very good. He will he, obviously he won't be, but. I wouldn't be surprised if perhaps Zach doesn't have a quick sly word with him because he has just effectively dissed him in the press. Um, and to your point, Abby, there are there's only there's only one McLaren seat. There's five people. He's just as you say. It's just like he's dangling a piece of huge Victoria sponge cake in front of him, saying, "Come and get it." Because I would if someone dangles a cake in front of me, I will go and try and have it. Um, but surely, I, I, I'm sorry. Surely you would have gone with carrot cake there. If oh god, no, carrot cake is no. no, carrot cake is the devil. Carrot cake oh, is sorry to any listeners who like it. That is a horrible not, cake. It's not about the cake, right? It's because you dangle a carrot and you were talking about dangling cake. So surely <laughs> you'd go for carrot cake as the joke there, right? That was my uh, point. Alright, anyway, this is sorry, I apologize. This is a new show. Let's uh let's <laughs> you know return to that. Well, obviously we all know the one seat belongs to Lando Norris. McLaren have kind of They've built their team around him as like a permanent member. Now, he had positive comments to make about McLaren. He did say that they have very high expectations. The gap to Alpine, it is quite close. But then obviously Mercedes, yes, they're not in the title fight, but the gap to third is massive. So Lando said that it's close on a Saturday, but on Sundays during the race, there is that bigger gap between them. So McLaren just need to continue to work hard, but their consistency, reliability, strategy and pit stops are all very strong. So he is hoping that after the summer break, McLaren can come back with a vengeance and try and close that gap to Alpine. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I look at those two teams and I think that Alpine are operating pretty well at the moment and McLaren are operating pretty badly. I think their ceilings are, are in different places. And from that perspective, if I was, you know, Oscar Piastri, yeah, McLaren would probably, you'd look at that as a better long-term option, albeit added pressure from kind of dissing and rejecting a team, thrusting the spotlight on yourself and then having to compete with Lando Norris, who is very, very good. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing from his perspective. But yeah, I thought... I, I, it's the gap is already so close. It's difficult to see the gap getting closer. Would will McLaren end up on top? Maybe there's a very good chance of it. I disagree on that one, to be honest, because I think they because I think Alpine are looking good because they have two strong competitive drivers who are uh, regular. What are they looking for? Consistently in the top ten and consistently in the top uh, five or six. McLaren only have one, and. Until until the other car, which shall remain nameless, we've spoken about it. We've spoken about him enough. Um, until the other, until the until they've got both cars in the top ten on a more regular basis, higher up the order, rather than one in P six, one in P ten, 
they're going to continue to trail points to Alpine because Alpine are, are operating at such a high level and um, with multiple cars, but both cars at higher up the order that they'll just they'll just keep taking the points off them until that's resolved. Well, Otmar from Alpine, the team principal, has said that he has absolutely no worries for the rest of the season. Their goals are pretty clear. Yes, Alonso is leaving, but he is there to win. He is there to score as many points as possible, and he knows that. So Otmar thinks that for Alpine, the second half of 2022 will just be like the first half. There isn't any residual tension there, I don't think, between Otmar and Alonso, despite what's happened. So he's pretty optimistic that everything will go quite well. I think he's probably right. Uh, Fernando, he's not going to stop trying. He's not that kind of guy. He's too proud. Uh, I, I think there might be a little bit more tension. I disagree on that. I think we saw hints of it uh, in Hungary. There was a bit of argy bargy between Ocon and Alonso. I think we might see a bit more of that. We've seen that all season. Think about Saudi Arabia. Yeah, true. Like, Saudi Arabia it, as well. I, I feel like it. I felt like it was a little bit less amicable though. Fernando yes. was like, oh, I can't believe this is the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, that's that's him starting to lose his rag a bit. Moving on from Formula One to other areas of the most poor world, last weekend saw the conclusion of season eight of the Formula E World Championship. And it was rounds 15-16 in Seoul. And it was a, a very entertaining weekend. Again, more examples of why the halo is ever important in motorsport with Nick DeVries ending up underneath Sebastian Boemi's car at a very, very busy uh, corner where there was multiple cars went off. If you haven't seen that already, check out on YouTube. But Stoffel Van Dorn did end up taking the crown as we expected. He had a big lead going into the weekend. And yeah, brilliant to see for him. Uh, as F1 fans, everyone will be familiar with him. He, he did pip uh, Mitch Evans to the uh, to the title in the end. But yeah, it was a great conclusion for Gen 2. I think Gen 3, with more power, uh, new cars, is going to be really, really entertaining. We are into silly season now uh, for driver announcements. I'm not even going to start to try and kind of piece together that tapestry. Uh, we would get to that in weeks to come. But some big news is Susie Wolf is leaving Venturi, uh, which came out yesterday. So it'll be exciting to see what she does next. Will she venture over to Formula One or other types of motorsport? Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I must admit, I didn't actually watch the entirety of both races, but I did see the crash, which I was so shocked at that I think it was like eight cars went off. And yeah, with Nick De- with Nick DeVries, thank God for the halo, because that looked absolutely awful. His car just slid underneath, and it, it almost looked effortless at how it did just slide underneath, which is a bit concerning at how easy that was. Um, but yeah, massive congratulations to Stoffel van Dorn. Obviously, he races for Mercedes and they're leaving the championship, I believe, at the end of this season. Um by McLaren. So it's a quite nice, a quite nice exit for them, I guess. Um, but yeah, with Susie, it is a shame that she's leaving Formula E. For me, being a woman in the motorsport industry, she is such an icon. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to see where she goes and whether she does go into Formula One, like you said, Sam. Just to circle back to the crash, it was it was bizarre. I just literally car after car. If it was, I, I remember there was something on that went a bit viral a few years ago, go like a karting race, and there was just literally every car. But that was wet, and this wasn't even the first lap. So it was it was 
it's like they all just followed each other, like lemmings. Uh, <laughs> That's an unusual one, I have to say. Not had that one before. <laughs> lemmings. What? Lemmings? They follow each other, right? Famously, there was like a, an old <laughs> game about it. <laughs> what game was that? I digress. It was called Lemmings. But, but anyway, we've seen uh, this in Formulary. We've seen We saw it in New York. Yeah. Where, yeah. So I, th- I think it's partly because the cars have so little downforce compared to other series that you get to a corner and sometimes you just really do not know what level of grip, what the car, how the car is going to react. That's that's my assumption. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, but moving on, because we're running out of time to our final uh, piece of news from the day. Well, from eight months ago, really. Yes, the fallout from Abu Dhabi still rumbles on. Uh, and this week it's been Toto Wolf and Christian Horner commenting on the massive controversy that was last season's finale. Now, I'm guessing these questions probably been brought up again after Lewis's Vanity Fair interview, which we covered last week. So we'll try not to repeat ourselves. But in a nutshell, Toto has said, I think about it every day, but I accepted that Max won the championship because he is a champion who deserves what he got. As it turned out, look, I think I have important values like fairness and in particular sporting fairness. And that's what gave birth to my love of the sport. Unfortunately, on that particular day, this value was kicked down. Christian said, I can understand if you're a Lewis fan or a Mercedes fan that you'd feel aggrieved by the events of Abu Dhabi. If you're a Max fan, you feel it's redemption for what happened earlier in the year. So we'll try and keep it brief because there's not much more to add to this conversation, I don't think, but he wants to go first. Can we just, when when is this just going to get parked? It was nearly a year ago to the day. Um, It needs to, we need to just move on from this now. And Christian Horner and Toto Wolff will forever be in each other's throats. They're never going to agree. They're never going to find. They're never going to find a way of coexisting together on the same piece of tarmac uh, from a from a car perspective. Um, there isn't really much else to add, to be honest. I think we've all had our thoughts, and we should just bury it and move on. Is my view. One thing I would like to say about Horner's comments is he says that it's redemption for what happened at Silverstone. I completely disagree, and I think that Monza was redemption, where Max ended up driving over Lewis's head and you could see his tyre touch Lewis's helmet. Like, surely that's redemption for the Silverstone crash, not Max being handed, in quotation marks, a championship. But then then you get into like this whole kind of keeping score sort of area, which isn't healthy or, or helpful, uh, I guess, for the sport. I do understand it from a you know from rebels perspective I, I I do get it and also I don't think they really I don't think Red Bull at the time really saw that Monza incident as Max's fault yeah like we've said not much to add but it was it was too newsworthy to to leave out of our news but yeah that is about all we've got time for so thanks for joining us and be sure to head over to formulanerds.com to check out all the latest news and on your usual socials, Insta, Facebook, Twitter, and all the rest. Uh, also go and check out the Cuts of the Race podcast. We had the immense pleasure of interviewing Anne Bradshaw uh, in the show that went out last weekend, who is a legend of F1 and apparently Seb's F1 mum, as he calls her. She had plenty of interesting stories, so do go and listen to that. And we've got a few more interesting guests coming up as well before we get back to racing at the end of August. So... That's you up to date with the world of F1. Thank you, three, for joining me. Thank you for having us. And yeah, the Anne Bradshaw uh, podcast, listen to it. It's a really, really good one. Really interesting. I couldn't agree more. 
it's been a pleasure as always guys james i won't leave you out because everyone's spoken except you <laughs> thank you just couldn't hit unmute uh, pleasure as always guys always good fun cool well thank you everyone and we'll see you all next week you're listening to the cut to the race podcast it's lights out and away we go sports social podcast network